When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Knees Up, Elsa Brown. To be more like Elsa, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show and become an official sponsor today. Do we still do forward slashes, by the way? Or is it just slash? <laughs> when, is it, when have you ever done a backward slash? Because you used to, well, you wouldn't know, but when you used to, when I was young, before you had like Windows, you had fucking DOS and you had to like, to play your computer games, you had to go into like C, whatever it was, the C drive, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, yeah. So was that good? Good. <laughs> his back is strong, his beard is thick. Wonders what makes people tick. Joe Marler and his show. Joe Marler, here we go. Welcome to our first ever Joe and Dan Rugby Show. It's not the greatest of names, I'm sorry, but it's a pilot, so if it goes well, we'll come up with a better name, or we might even get you to come up with a name, because we're shit at stuff like this, and then we can make it a semi-regular thing. Um, So if you want more, go to Apple Podcasts app, leave us a five-star review, and write something like, oh my god, I need more rugby from Joe and Dan's rugby show, rugga, rugga, rugga. Dan, how are you? I am fantastic, thank you, Joe. All the better for seeing you again. It's been less than a week, um, twice in, you know, seven days. It's great. How are you? How's that lovely smile? Oh, you smug, bald bastard. Yeah, it's gotten somewhat cheaper, if I'm honest. I had a fake gold tooth. Not fake gold. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe I should have been better off with a fake gold tooth so was what was, was fake fake gold or fake tooth surely you don't have a real gold tooth do you it was a gold tooth 
on a plate made of gold because I wanted to look like a hard nut 90s gangster rather than just some guy that didn't look after his teeth very well growing up. Um, Unfortunately, I lost it after a week because it was on my lap uh, in the car. I was chewing on some jelly babies, so I took my plate out, put it on my lap, and then when I got out to get a coffee in Twickenham High Street, it just fell on the floor, I think. It must be there. Um, I can't find it anywhere, Dan, and I am absolutely heartbroken. Um, So thank you very much for bringing that up, you absolute... Have you lost any teeth? No, these are all natural. Uh, I've chipped a load. Like I always wear a gum shield, literally all the time, even in like non-contact stuff. One time I took it out. This is like 15 years ago. Uh, we did a non-contact session. And I clashed heads with Julian White, and I was like, I chipped like five or six teeth, and I was just like, you know, when you like chew it, it's like sand in your mouth. It's horrible. <laughs> I do know of a player that should go and mention though that was on a night out, drunk, ate a burger, thought he'd swallowed his gold tooth, and then spent the next three days searching through his own um feces anus <laughs> yeah checking uh to find this tooth and he never did then he worked out that he didn't actually swallow his tooth he just must have spat it out so it could have been worse joe it could have been worse have you ever bitten anyone on a field or been bitten someone's finger once went into my mouth whilst carrying a ball and it ended up getting bitten but i did bite them because I've got sharp, jaggedy teeth, that's why the finger ended up getting cut. <laughs> I'm more intrigued as to why someone's carrying with the ball and they're just sticking their finger directly into your mouth. I was carrying, which was, I think they were that shocked, they stuck their finger in my mouth. They tried to like, but yeah. Right, you're our rugby expert on this rugby show. We've got three rounds left of the Gallagher Premiership, Dan. You lot are still uh, still on top, you're doing pretty well, aren't you? Yeah, we're going um, all right, obviously. We're now in the business end of the season. I mean, you guys are right in the mixer too. Excited for the tail end of the season. Obviously, you were, you champions, current champions. You patronising fuck. Unbelievable you are. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. And that is exactly the mindset that you motherfuckers had when you sent your second team pack down to our gaff because you were like, oh, this lot won it last year, but they're fucking shit. They're soft fuckers. So we can still steamroll them with our second team pack. And then we'll roll on the big wigs in the second half. I wanted to go up against um, the Sheriff. I wanted to go up against Julian Montoya. And I wanted to go up against I'm Ellis Genge, also known as Bab. All right. And that is disrespectful to the guys that you started. Of course it is. But that's mainly because I wanted to go up against my old pal. Well, first of all, Joe, um, I have a clause in my contract that if it's over 15 degrees Celsius and sunny, uh, I sit on the bench until it cools down in temperature. Um, So I've got that. And secondly, (laughs) this reminds me, we were trading one time. I think it was England trading. And we had to scrum and my qualifier were on my right. We were, it was like crouch bind, and then as we came together, your ear and my ear interlocked, <laughs> <laughs> and there was that moment of fear for both of us, where it's like two seconds before we said, "Like, it was like, oh my god, I think my ear might come off here," and it was like set, and it was like fuck, and it's like the weekend. It just reminded me of that time when I was literally like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna lose my ear, I'm gonna lose my ear, I'm gonna lose my ear." No, we're right, safe, but. Ted, you felt exactly the same thing. I do remember that, actually, and it still sends shivers down me because they interlock so hard, like a dovetail, a tongue and groove. Like, what's the thing where you do, uh, you know, flooring, something like, I think it's, a, and it was like, 
perfectly fitting, both also really, really stinky and just about to like snap in two. Literally, we had both scrums either side of us, all the weight going through our ears. I'd also like to apologise. You said stinky. It's reminded me. I've been out for a couple of weeks. I had to do some corporate work and stuff um, with a load of kids and community stuff. And they're asking me who's like the best Lucy I've played against. And I said, Joe Marler. And they're like, why is he so good? I'm like, because he stinks. So he's tough to scrummage against. So if any kids in the East Midlands area abuse you, I'm sorry. I just put that out there. So let me get this straight. You were doing some sort of community service with children for a crime you committed or for what? For the club. You know, we do our bits in the community, don't we? And you dirtied my name in the East Midlands, did you? Yeah. So I'm just apologising now for it. Right, okay. Here we go. Jasper! Come here! I've got stuff to tell you about Coley and some pictures and I want you to send them to all your friends and we're going to dirty his name in the southeast of England. Is Jasper there? Yes, hang on, hang on. Jasper! Joe, an apology to you and Come here, quick. Jasper, obviously after the game I saw you did a sort of, went and found my parents and they were watching so basically I came out to the tunnel and um, Jasper answered out to me and he's like, oh, Coley! And in my mind, I knew his name but because we've got Jasper Visa at the club in my mind I'm like Jasper and I'm like that's not your name yeah Jasper and it took me about five seconds to put out but time he's like fuck off and basically ran in so I was like fair play so I owe him an apology for just um, freezing in the moment Coley wants to speak to you say hi Coley hi Coley Jasper my man how are you good are you right? yeah did you enjoy the game at the weekend yeah I just like to say sorry. You caught me by surprise at the weekend, straight after the game. And uh, yeah, no, I was um, when I saw you, I was starstruck, basically, Jasper, that it was you. And um, yeah, so sorry, I don't have much conversation for you. Hey. Well, I'm glad uh, we're we're good, aren't we? Though. <laughs> See, you, mate. He's been in love with the cola bear for so many years. The amount of times he's supported tigers over us just because of you i wouldn't go as far as saying you've been his hero because um that's ronaldo and you're very very different to him but he has looked up to you in a rugby sense and he was so excited to see you at the weekend i remember he run up to me and going oh i'm gonna go find cole i'm gonna go find cole i was like yeah don't worry you won't be able to fucking miss him will you it's this beacon of fucking moonhead just walking around the pitch as you know in a strop going blah blah roll away roll away roll away still even though the game's finished 10 minutes ago and you've turned around and forgotten who he is and broken his heart and frozen on the spot poor sod we're halfway into this but i just i've got a question what are we doing here obviously i love chatting to you but what is the purpose of our of our meeting it's a, that's a very good question, Dan. Um, you touched on loving speaking to me, which is actually a lie, number one, because outside of playing in the same team together, we barely say two words to each other. We we were known as Shadow 1 and Shadow 2 when we were in fucking camp because we were inseparable because I just was so madly in love with your company. And yet you get out of camp and we don't say anything to each other apart from a text every three or four months maybe um so it was mainly trying to reconnect and have an excuse to speak to you for unlimited time because this is 
somewhat going on longer than I had anticipated for a very short podcast. But also another excuse to talk about the sport that we both love and sharing that with all the fans. And thirdly, I want the world to hear more of you. I think you have a a natural, not God-given, well it could be, some people believe they're God-given, but I can't use that, that phrase. So you have a natural earth-given talent to report on rugby games, I believe. And this is why we're going to do the Joe and Dan show. Okay? Joe, I'm actually surprised that you need my help because I did hear you're doing a live show called The Greatest Night of Our Lives. I don't know who our is, but your life um, at the Clapham Grand in London on the 27th of September. Dan, it's almost like I've sent you the the script to say this um, and you did it so naturally that I'm sure the audience aren't going to believe you've just really read that off of a screen. But it's funny you bring it up, Dan, because tickets for the greatest night of our lives are on sale now. It's on the 27th of September. It's at the Clapham Grand in London. And if you want to come along, the link is in the episode description. But the most important thing I want to ask is, Dan, you're going to come, aren't you? Will you Will you come? No. What do you mean, no? No. You don't do anything. You're fucking coming, surely. Uh, there's apparently roadworks on the M1 that day, so I struggle. If we sell the whole live show out, if we sell it out, we like pack it out, yeah? In fact, you have to come. If we sell it out, you have to come along. That is 700 seats. We sell it out. You're coming. Agreed or disagreed? If it's sold out and I get some food, yes, I'll come. Perfect. Because if you don't stick to your word um, and you don't come, then I'm going to put up a picture of you naked that I have on my iPad that the kids somehow discovered when they were having some screen time the other day. So that's semi-payback for you being rude to Jasper um, because he's actually seen your pasty white arse. Oh, fucking hell, here's, here's the ads. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Shrink the Box is back for a brand new season. This is the podcast where we put our favorite fictional TV characters into therapy. Join me, Ben Bailey-Smith, and our brand new psychotherapist, Namone Metaxas. Hi, Ben. Yes, this season we're going to be putting the likes of Tommy from Peaky Blinders, Cersei from Game of Thrones on the couch to learn why their behavior creates so much drama. So make sure you press the follow button to get new episodes as soon as they land on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shrink the Box is a Sony Music Entertainment original podcast. Do you want more crowd podcasts? I want to tell you about the Crowd Stories channel. It's where you can find all of Crowd's history and documentary style podcasts in one place. And for just one pound a week, they're ad-free. 
addictive documentaries like American Vigilante. I'm a monster hunter. It's what I do. The most original, fascinating history podcasts you will ever listen to. They shot him live in front of the whole village. Unbelievable investigations into government cover-ups. Your daily reality is the fact that at any moment when the guard comes along, he might just pull out his gun and shoot you in the back of the head. And the biggest tech stories of our lifetime. I feel like every time there's some big scandal going on, Reddit is 100% a contributor and an antagonist to it. Just search for Crowd Stories on Apple Podcasts. And hit the subscribe button. See you there. Those were the ads there. Um, Dan, this is your moment. Being the rugby oracle that you are, um, you need to provide us and the listeners, if there are any, uh, of this weekend's fixtures, please. Unfortunately, I haven't got a huge amount of confidence in you to dramatise it, ham it up too much or add a bit of uh, jeopardy to any of it. So uh, we need to throw in some dramatic music yeah that's fine um i'll just read them out shall i yes i've just told you to read them out game one is is it game one is it the friday night game are you playing friday night joe (laughs) right so there was me there was me worrying that um you wouldn't be able to add enough dramatic effect to just reading the fixtures out when in fact i should have been worrying about your ability to actually just read so friday night's games we have Northampton Saints versus Harlequins. Sale Sharks versus Northampton. Northampton? Have you said that? Fuck that. I can't read it. Um, in my head, I was like, oh, Sale, because it's Sharks versus Falcons, so it's Battle of the Animals. And then I was like, I've just read Northampton out. What am I doing? Um, yeah, so we have Friday night, Northampton versus Quins, and Sale versus Newcastle. Saturday, fixtures. Gloucester Bath. Leicester Bristol, Worcester Saracens, and Sunday we have Irish versus Wasps. Wow. Really, really bad from you that, Dan. Really, really bad. Joe, I've got a question about our our fixture at the weekend. Did you forget that you were playing in front of a sellout crowd at the stoop when you saw me on all fours at a ruck and you decided to mount me? Did you think we were back in the room in uh, Japan, or were you that excited to see me? You thought, I know what I'll do. I'll jump on his back. Talk me through it's, that it's weird, mate. I've always found it really difficult to play against you, not just because you're one of the best I've ever come up against, and it's very hard to play against you. But on a personal level, I've always struggled, and I've never, ever really got it right with my mindset of how to play against my old pal or friends in general, because I don't have many. Most of them actually are at just one club, which is yours. So this week I decided to go with the the fuck you approach. I text your head coach the night before the game, um, knowing full well that he he dislikes spaghetti and I purposely made myself a spaghetti meal. Um, got Daisy to take a picture of me holding this spaghetti meal and I text Borf as that and I said, fuck you, Steve. To which he replied saying, hi, Joe, I hope you and the family are well. All the best tomorrow. It's like brilliant. 
and then the and then the the actual game day i decided to not engage with any of you guys pre-game whatsoever in fact i didn't engage with any of my own teammates either didn't warm up with any of them <laughs> stayed in the changing room for as long as possible and then warmed up in the corner where the referees were i managed to go a bit hardcore and nipple cripple lenny in a ruck to which he jabbed me in the throat and he wasn't happy about that one and then when you came on, the cavalry came chomping on. I was like, oh, no, please. I was looking at my bench like, any danger? Can I get off now? But I saw this one opportunity before I was leaving the field in fear to straddle my old mate just for old time's sake. And uh, I was really disappointed how quickly I was told off by Sir Wayne Barnes saying, you can't climb over the ruck like that. It's illegal. And I'm like... That's not the point I'm trying to make here. I just want to straddle my my mate. Let me have my moment with him. I did feel the emotion because what I also enjoyed at that point, it was like I felt at that moment I was being fought over because I think Genji at the bottom of the ruck as well. And um, I think, didn't he start messing with your shoelaces? So at that, I felt quite special at that point. I felt like I've got two loose heads, you know, fighting over me. I couldn't believe it. Like sometimes you just get the odd person on the field, or I've done it a couple of times, where you just undo their shoelaces at the bottom of the ruck. He didn't do that. He did not undo my shoelaces. He managed to retie them for me and then triple knot them. That was how long I was straddling you for. And I was looking down at, well, this is ridiculous. They're still knotted. They're still knotted. How do you find playing against... Well, you'll probably turn around and say, well, I have no issues with it because I actually dislike you intensely. Uh, no, it's, it's, it is like strange playing against your mates because it's always that balance of like... You don't want to like make it about you two and just like go around cheap-shotting each other. But, you know, sometimes you're at the bottom of a breakdown, you'll do something, but not gouge them, but as you say, nipple-cripple somebody or something like that. But it is weird playing against them because we've had it before where we've had sort of a... A laugh. Um, I mean, there was one time you tried lifting my top up at Twickenham in front of 50,000 people. Didn't appreciate that. But we, you play the game and afterwards we're right. There was a, it was strange, I must admit. There was a big talking point in our game. Um, and that was the old Wayne Barnes switcheroo, which I don't think I've seen happen before. And I don't think anyone saw coming when Cal Green decided to use his shoulder to tackle my face. Your impressions of that incident? I thought, fair play, Cal. You've done us proud. Actually, what I thought was, that'll serve you right for touching the ball 12 times in the game, Joe. All you did was fucking carry the ball. Yes. I know you say I carried the ball 12 times, and you go, oh, well, you know, he's carrying the ball. But technically, when they're surrender carries, they don't really count, do they? You know, when, I, when, when I'm like... I push in front of people in R22 to be like, no, no, I'll take it because I'm really good at letting the defender come to me. I then basically, even though I'm holding the ball, I tackle them before they start tackling me. And I just hit the deck as quickly as possible. So we still stay in the 22 so that we get a, a good position to put on a big kick, either to, to stands, which is what I'm always praying for. Please kick the ball out so that we can have a longer rest or a long kick and the main reason I do that, Dan, is not to get my stats up. It's not to impose myself physically. It's none of those actual things. It's because I don't want to fucking chase the ball in a kick chase line. You know, people think I'm stupid. I'm not. I'm not stupid. It's like me and dummy lines. You know, it's me and Genji coming around the corner, say. <laughs> I... <laughs> 
<laughs> me and you know, dummy lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the best yeah. person to avoid the ball, so that's what I do. I, you know, that's what me and Genji around the corner. How is he going to create a hole? Uh, he needs someone to run a good dummy line, and that's me. It just wouldn't. He doesn't run the dummy line the same way I do. The fact that he then runs over somebody, it's you know, it's because of the dummy line. And similar with your surrender carries, the fact that you've you know you're the best to do that and retain possession you're doing best of the team mate don't don't do yourself down you know it's a vital role you play anyway the dust settled and i texted him the next day i said look wayne how are you sorry it's a bit aggy with you that was i was aggy with him before the game mainly because i like i described earlier playing with my friends um i thought i'd do the same with wayne and here's his official response to me which i think is important to give a balanced answer Morning, Joe. Thought it was best to leave you be yesterday, but apart from riding one ruck, there's no issues from me. RE the Callum Green tackle. Uh, Here's a bit of background. Leicester versus London Irish last year, I binned Matt Rogerson for a high tackle where the Leicester player was pushed into the tackle and I ended up binning him. It didn't feel right, so we discussed it as a world rugby group, including players and coaches. We thought all of the danger was caused by the push. It changes the dynamics of the tackle. The ball carrier suddenly accelerates, space reduces quickly and the tackler does not have a chance to adjust. Therefore, we said we'd penalise the first offence, and that's what happened yesterday. If Alex doesn't push you, Callum would be in trouble. Hope that makes sense. Take care. I text back saying, fuck off. Did you get a reply? (laughs) I didn't. I think that gives... uh, Because there was a lot of people that were booing and uh, social media after that that didn't really understand it. But... uh, that's the explanation of it. The, the other thing, Coley, was it kicked off a bit at the final whistle. What what was going on there? I thought it was just two teams coming together to celebrate a great game of rugger. <laughs> was it? Was it just that? I was sat on the bench, not really getting up because I didn't want to engage in anyone. And I saw you trying to hold Genji back. He was kicking off at Kerrick. What was going on? What happened? I just think... Genj didn't like the fact that Kerrod might have double fist pumped the crowd. I think one's fine, two, yeah, that's that's not play on. So I think Genj was fired up at the time, and the both of them just they said a bit to and fro, nothing too bad, and then they just discussed it like gentlemen after the final whistle. And uh, I was there, best was hoping you'd join in so we could grapple, uh, but you weren't, so yeah. No, it was nothing. It's over. Is that what you're going to say uh, when I get you cited for strangling me after the final whistle as well? Well, that happened after the final whistle, so therefore, that's is that fine? Because do you remember, like, do you remember we played England Scotland and they were, came after forty, and it was like a bit of a. And then Martin Johnson was like, "Turns out you can't get cited before a game." He's like, "If I'd known that, I'd have kicked off in the tunnel more." <laughs> so I'd like to know what point after. Is he still on the pitch? Does that count as a citable offence? Or could, as soon as the game's finished, that, you know what I mean? I, I, we need to find out when the, the break point is. Because, yes, I did sneak up behind you and get you in a chokehold. But that was it was a friendly chokehold. That's fine. Between friends. Coley, that is a really, really important point that I need to find the answer out to. Because you can't get cited before the game or or for something after the final... Oh, my God. Surely you can. You can bring, mate. I bring the game into disrepute with tweets. Surely you can get done for like starting something in a warm up. I don't know. Yeah, and then maybe it happens on the field. There's, there's a there's a loophole that we need to maybe not a loophole, but there's a there's a law we need to investigate about this. 
I do know that one of our guys once got penalised for basically there was a fight kicked off and he's like, oh, I'll see you in the car park after. And Wayne Barnes like, you cannot say that on a rugby field and penalised him. Um, but yeah, it was literally just a throwaway comment. Uh, <laughs> but, but then if it's in the car park, can you be excited for it? Maybe not, you know, then the police just get involved, but it's fine. I'd like to know. We'll get the research team on it, shall we? You are the research team. Yeah, You're okay. in charge of finding that out for me, please. Okay. Right, Coley, the end is nigh. The final whistle has been blown. The fat lady or men, the two fat men. Person, person. I.e., okay. The two fat persons have sung, so we need to sing. The end is nigh. And now we face our final scrummage it's oh god you fucking gnaws oh god that was sickening if uh, you've managed to listen all the way through this and you liked it then please help us start some sort of campaign to do more and we'll do exactly that we'll do more if we don't get a single review then we can assume that none of you liked it none of you listened to it and at least me and Coley had an excuse to FaceTime each other and talk a load of nonsense again. Well, well, Joe, I've enjoyed myself, and I'm sure my mum will listen to this as well. So, you know, that's one... I don't know if she's going to leave a review, but she'll listen. Perfect. That'll do. We'll just make this show for your mum and dad. Is your dad going to listen with her, or...? Probably not. Right, so we're essentially just making this show for your mum. Excellent. Wonderful. Thanks, Dan. Uh, Right, the next regular episode is out on Wednesday. Tom will be back and we will be talking to a man who makes video games. Video games. Video video killed the radio games. Oh, no. Goodbye. Have you finished now? I've finished, darling, yes. (laughs) Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.